Welcome back to another episode of the Killers Podcast. We're here, and we're proud to be here once again. Mike is still busted. Yeah. Busted. B-U-S-T-E-D. I'll busted. Get I'll get it fixed, or we'll just have to buy another one. Um, I'm your host, Peyton. And I'm your co-host, Mikhail. And this is the Killers Podcast. Um... I got imposter syndrome on the episode that we were supposed to do this week, so we're going to do a different case, and I'm pulling it from the website Just Flip the Dog. Don't laugh. I think that they do, I'm pretty sure they do good things. I just like the so logo. don't sue me. I'm giving them complete credit. They wrote a one-year anniversary thing on the disappearance of this teenager but this is going to be the death and the unsolved case of Blake Chapel. dang this was a long time ago because this happened so this case happened um, in 2011 so it's been 10 years. years that's a long time and it still hasn't solved uh, so Blake Tyler Chapel was last seen leaving his girlfriend's house early on the morning of October 16th of 2011. Two months later, his body was pulled from a creek that runs through the Summer Grove subdivision in eastern Noonan, his only clothing a white tank top and boxer underwear. According to his Georgia death certificate, Blake died from a gunshot wound to the head. The presumed date of the death is listed as 6 a.m. December 16th, 2011. What? What? The presumed date of death. Oh, he—he was. So he went. So he went missing. Yeah. On October, and then his body was pulled from the creek. I don't know. I—I don't know. I guess we'll get into that though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Oh. That means the presumed date of death. That means that he died in December, even though he went missing in October. Um, although authorities have no way of knowing what exact time or day because of the length of the time that his body was in the water. That's true. Water does make it incredibly difficult to... Um, investigators with the Newton Police Department who were handling the case will not comment on where Blake was shot or how many times. They have determined the caliber of the bullet or bullets used, but will not comment on that either. They will say that he was shot at close range. Which, that's pretty common. Yeah. Like, I know that the public sometimes gets upset, and I understand that, like, people that watch true crime podcasts or, like, documentaries or something are like, why can't they just tell us? Bitch, it's like the government not telling us that aliens exist, okay? If they told us everything, we'd flip out, or we would think that we can solve it. it. And sometimes it's just best not to be in the know. Especially if they don't know who did it. They don't want anyone to know. Exactly. They're close or not close. Um, it was the only homicide in noon in that year. That's sad. That's really sad. That's very sad. Like, that makes my heart hurt. Um, a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest remains unclaimed. So Investigators nice. have talked with more than 50 people, many students at East Coweta High School, where Chapel attended. Two potential suspects have been cleared, and a third individual can't be placed in the area at the time of the shooting. I know that they are doing everything they can, said Melissa Becker. Chaplin's mom. Um, we are going to solve this case, the Newnham Police Department Deputy Chief Rodney Riggs said bluntly in a recent interview. On October 15, 2011, it was a Saturday. It was a night of homecoming at East High. I can't say that middle word. Coweta. Coweta? I don't... 
We have a Kawita here in Oklahoma. Nice to know. I don't care. <laughs> it's bumfuck Oklahoma, too. That afternoon, Melissa drove her son to Cole's to pick out a tie for the dance. She waited in the parking lot. Inside, Blake texted photos of tie options to his girlfriend, Cameron. They went back and forth, and finally... His girlfriend picked out one that matched her dress. Melissa recalled how Blake had to get a clerk to help him tie his tie, as he didn't know how. Afterward, Melissa drove him over to his girlfriend's house, located on Avondale Circle in the parks of Olmsted Subdivision, next to the Welch Elementary School. At about 5.30 p.m., Shannon, Blake's girlfriend's mom, drove her daughter and Blake to Tokyo's off Newman's Crossing bypass for dinner. He was the only boyfriend I had who loved sushi. I love sushi his girlfriend said. Shannon picked them up at around 7 p.m. and drove them to the dance at East Kawita. Blake was wearing a black pants and a black Ralph Lauren shoes with RL and white lettering on the side, a white tank top, and over that a brand new Flute of the Loom white t-shirt. Topping it off was a button-up black shirt and a tie that he and his girlfriend had picked out. We danced a lot. Rion? Yeah, I think it's Rion. Rion said Blake got really sweaty and took off his black shirt and tie. They danced and danced, and they hung out with friends. There's a photo of Rion, Blake, and their best friends, Colby, and his date, Alicia, side by side. The photo appears on many Facebook pages, friends pages, and memorial pages for Blake. At around 10.30 p.m., Shannon came and picked them up. They went back to Royan's house and watched a movie. Shannon remembered that Blake sat on the floor, saying that he was hot and sweaty. Blake had taken off his black shirt and left it in the kitchen. Later, Shannon would give that shirt back to Melissa. About an hour later, Shannon drove Blake to Austin Harmon's house on the west side of Summer Grove on Highwoods Parkway, where Blake was spending the night. Once there, Blake used the house phone to call his mom. His phone, which he had gotten only a week before, only had a text messaging plan, although that he could dial 911. That's pretty common. Usually all cell phones that you get will let you emergency dial 911. I'm pretty sure it's a law somewhere. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I asked him how it went. Melissa said he said it was awesome. I had the best day of my life. We danced all night. Mm-hmm. We had never really firmed up that Blake could stay at Austin's until then. I told him he could stay the night, but not leave the house. He called me mama and said, I love you and will call you tomorrow. I interviewed Melissa, not me, the person that wrote this, mm-hmm. okay? The person that wrote this interviewed Melissa in a church parking lot, sitting next to her in her red pickup. It was at this point that Melissa broke down, and it would not be the last. Melissa never heard from her son again. Mm. Do you know how sad it is? I mean, I guess it's so depressing to me when these parents will lose children, and the last thing that they say is like, I love you, I love you too. And it's like, I'm thankful that that was like one of the last words that they said to you, but Mm. like also, it's... It's, it's sad. It's very sad. Like, it makes me want to cry. Because if you did know, what else would you say? I would go off. I'd be like, you're the best. Like, yeah, but you don't know. Yeah. And that's the depressing thing about life and the fact that this can happen to anyone. Like, you, like you don't know. Like, doing this podcast, like, has made me realize I could literally die or get abducted at any moment. Yeah. Any moment. Well, and that's why I try every non-multiple of five episode, I try to get cases out that, like, have lost media attention or don't get a lot of media attention at all. Because before this, I was on the True Crime Reddit again because, again, I decided not to do the episode on Daniel Yen that I was originally going to do because I was having 
imposter syndrome, and I'm starting to develop imposter syndrome about this whole podcast, but that's besides the point. But I saw this on the True Crime Reddit page, and I had never heard of this case in my life. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's been unsolved for 10 years, and I've never heard of it. Where is this again? Like, what state? Georgia? Pretty sure Georgia. Mentioning the phrase cold case while sitting around a table of Noonan police investigators will get you a frown and a raised eyebrow. (laughs) We don't like giving up, and this is not a case where we are going to give up, said Lieutenant Tate Washington, who heads up the department's criminal investigation division. I don't like the term cold case. It implies that it's sitting on a shelf somewhere. This is an active case. Detective Brent Blankenship, who's heading up the investigation, brings in a large three-ring black binder. It's close to six inches thick, and at the time, to what it can hold, it's Blake's case file. Damn, six inches. That's crazy. (laughs) Every time we get a lead, we follow up on it. We're not closing any door. Deputy Chief Riggs said that they are confident that they have eliminated two individuals as suspects, and a third suspect cannot be placed in Coweta County at the time of the killing. They are not releasing the names of those individuals. They will only say the caliber gun was used was between a twenty-two and a forty-five, but did say a weapon was not a shotgun. So, it's a pistol? I don't know guns, guys. It's don't a, come at me. It's either a pistol or, like, a rifle. Yeah, but not a shotgun, apparently. Um, there was nothing from the autopsy to indicate that there were any other injuries other than a gunshot wound, Riggs said. After calling his mom, Blake and Austin walked over to the BP gas station at the entrance of Summer Grove. They were hoping to buy some cigarettes, even though they were both underage. Damn, guys. Well, at that time, it was 18. Oh. Yeah, it was, you had to be, you only had to be 18 until, like, last year. Because I remember, I was like, dang, 21 for everything. Oh, well, he was 17. Yeah, he was, he so was they were so he could have passed. Yeah. Um, the store was closed and the two walked back. Austin said that they got back to his house shortly after midnight. Austin said he and Blake texted some friends and just hung out. Rion got a text at about 2 a.m. from Blake saying that he was coming over to her house. I fell back asleep after that. Austin said somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m. on October 16th, Blake came into his room and said that he was going over to his girlfriend's house. He was wearing black pants and had on a white t-shirt. I gave him my jacket and a house key to get back in. After he left, I went to sleep. He never heard from Blake again. At around 4.30 that morning, Rion said she woke up again and had a text from Blake saying she was coming over. He tried to scare me when he got there. He climbed through the window and I remember he was freezing. She said Blake was wearing black pants and one of his white hoodies. Based on the description from Austin and Rion, Blake was not wearing Austin's jacket when he arrived at Rion's. Austin never said he got his jacket back. Melissa said Blake's hoodie had the word Apostle across it in brown letters, which was not what Austin had given Blake to wear. That's interesting. So do you think he stopped by somewhere else? Like another friend's house? Maybe. Like some of the friends that they were texting? Hmm. That is weird. So... Or maybe he put on a different hoodie, but, like, why? <clears throat> why would you do that? I'm, yeah, I mean, it's quite possible that his friend might have just left a hoodie in the living room, and then when he was exiting, he was like, oh, this was like, better. yeah, this one's better. But if he did that, they would have found the original jacket, and yeah. his friend said, so Austin said that he never got his jacket back. That is fishy. Like, what would, what, what could, it's first of maybe, all, maybe, maybe he went to, an, like, stopped by another friend's house, switched jackets, and it, was, and it wasn't a mutual friend? I don't know. I don't know Blake's mindset. I'm not Blake. If I Get in the mind of him. No, if I knew, I would obviously help solve this case. If I knew exactly what Blake's mindset was and what happened to him. 
Like, I don't know. That, see, that's the thing about these cases is that that's why they're so hard to, like, solve sometimes is because, like, you don't know what, like, what was going on in their head. Like, you don't know what they did. You yeah. just have, like, little bitty checkmark points to where people came into contact with them. And all that you have are, like, their reports. Rion and Blake laid down on Rion's bed and talked about the day. They had plans to meet at 11 a.m. and hang out. He told me he loved me, and no matter what happened to him, he would always love me. Okay. No, 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 that's not true. That is not true. Well, maybe he was doing something fishy. Well, okay, do you never get those, like, little twings of, like, just do this? Like, you don't know what's telling you, but, like, do this. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, like, like, I get those all the time, and then I have to run up to Megan and be like, I love you so much, I'm never leaving you. That's true. Like, I don't know why. Like, I'm not doing anything shady. They had a good day. Yeah, like, what if he's just feeling romantic? That's true. Okay, you don't know that. At about that time... Rion's grandmother walked in. I remembered Blake trying to hide under my covers, Rion said with a laugh. My grandmother said she was going to get my mom and walked out. Blake asked me if if I wanted him to go, and I said yes. He kissed me and started going out the window. Right then, Shannon walked into Rion's room. She was not happy. It was around 5 a.m. Blake started sending texts saying that he was sorry. Then he'd say, tell your mom I'm sorry. And he said he was sorry in every text. The text continued with Shannon and Rion both texting Blake on Rion's phone. At some point, Shannon said that she was starting to text Blake on her phone, telling him everything would be okay. Shortly before 5.30 a.m., Blake sent a text to Rion's phone. According to Rion, Blake said a cop was pulling him over. He mentioned he was near a bridge. Which, that is completely realistic to me. Yeah, that's that's 5 a.m. I live in a shitty apartment complex, and I see guys girls people just riding their bikes and the cops will pull them over mm-hmm. for no fucking reason at all i mean a cop pulled me over for no fucking reason when did i not tell you so listen to this this is highly illegal it was about 1 a.m and i'm going on a drive with walter i had just uh just was this when you were speeding no i wasn't speeding okay Actually, i thought this was the time that you were speeding. no this happened it happened on June 22nd. It was about 1 a.m. I went to 7-Eleven, got, like, a drink and some snacks, and me and Walter were just going to cruise. And um, I was going 5 under. I was going 35 instead of 40, which is not illegal, by the way. And I was actually going to go speed up to 40. And I see lights behind me, and I'm like, okay, maybe my maybe my taillights are out. Something's up. Pull over. The cop doesn't say anything. Doesn't greet me. Doesn't do anything. He goes, license and insurance, please. And I'm like, hmm. Can you please tell me why you're pulling me over, officer, before I hand you my information? And he goes, you're going five under. License and insurance, please. And I make a joke. I look at him, and I'm like, okay. I said, at least I wasn't going 20 over, right? And I hand it to him. He goes, and he checks. He's back there for fucking ever. Comes back, says, I apologize for pulling you over. Make sure you pay that ticket. And, oh, you have a puppy? Can I pet him? And I said, no, he bites. And I rolled up my window. And I left. He didn't give me a warning, didn't give me anything. First of all, what he did was illegal. Yeah, and the cop was a, pardon my French, a bitch. He had to be like 28, bald, dad bod. Get the fuck out of here. I've seen too many videos of cops raping and assaulting women. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Get, where's your, no, no. All customers are bad. (laughs) Ha <laughs>
you want to get sushi after this? Yes. Or wait. Yeah. They close it. No, they close it too. Do they really? You want to get sushi later tonight? Yeah. Okay, cool. Alec can come too. I don't know if he's busy. What time is it? He gets off at four. Do they really close it too? I don't know when they close. Shut the fuck up. I know they open at 11. Okay, what time do they open back up? Five. 11 to 2, 5 to 9. Yeah, we can get sushi. I'm down. Fuck yeah, I'm down. I'm gonna go now. What? So we can go now. Do you wanna go now? No, they're about to close. Know, they might I, hate us. Yeah, I know. I don't wanna be that person. I hate doing that too. Um, Blake was not familiar with December Grove area, and then the common consensus among the police and friends is that Blake was walking along the lower Fayetteville Road, and it's the easiest way for him to get back to Austin's house. A few minutes later, Blake tested texted back, saying that the cop looked at his ID, asked him where he was going, and let him go. Riggs said that there is no record of law any law enforcement officer stopping Blake that morning. I don't- I think that was someone else. Okay, so I want this noted. Um, it is standard procedure for cops to, like, log every time that they stop someone. Do they always? No. I'm I'm gonna put that out there. They do not. Um, we talked with the Georgia State Patrol, the Coweta County Sheriff's Office, and other agencies, and there is no record of that. It is standard police- like I said, it is standard police- procedure for any officer to call in when they make a stop and it's standard procedure to ask for identification but we cannot find anything that's weird yeah even if the cop didn't log it wouldn't you think he'd be like hey yeah i stopped this kid and i forgot to log it if it was, if he was being genuine just genuinely stopping someone at around 5:30 a.m blake tested texted something along the lines of damn it's cold out here rion said it was his last text message I should have just gotten in the car and gone and picked him up, Shannon said in a recent interview, where, as Melissa, tears flowed. I should not have let him leave. About the only things certain in this case are, are that Blake was killed and that his body was pulled from a creek running through Summer Grove on December 19, 2011, where the coroner pronounced him dead. Noonan investigators had retraced various paths that Blake's could have taken from the time that he left Rion's house and supposedly was headed back to Austin's. There are two main paths. One along the Lower Fayetteville Road, the other was along Summer Grove Parkway. The common consensus among family and friends is that Blake took the Lower Fayetteville route, since he wouldn't have known how to get back if he took Summer Grove Parkway. The route that would have taken him on Avondale Circle to Mary Freeman Road, where he then would have turned west onto Lower Fayetteville Road until he hit the main entrance to Summer Grove. The distance between the two houses is three miles. Investigators believe, based on various walking speeds from Rion's house, that Blake was somewhere in the vicinity of the creek that runs beneath those two parallel roads when he sent his last text. It has appeared he was assaulted in the general area where he was found. The crime lab cannot determine the exact time of death, but generally, we believe that his death occurred on October 16th. At night, the area along Lower Fayetteville in question is very dark, with heavy vegetation coming up almost to the roadway. Since the beginning of the investigation, authorities have wrestled with one key question. How would anyone know where Blake was at that particular time? It's the question we've been dealing with since day one. No one knew what path he was going to take and when he would be where he was. I'm not going to try and speculate what happened to Blake, but I think they should leave the possibility open of maybe Blake was just a victim of opportunity. Obviously, they have more information than I do, so if they are going the route to be like, it seems targeted, who am I to say it's not? I'm just saying I would also leave that 
open. Yeah. It was 5 a.m. too. Yeah, like 5 to 5.30. So people are starting to get up so and go to, to their six. jobs. Police have pulled the messages of everyone who was in contact with Blake during the last hours of his life. They have not found anything that answers that question. They have also determined that the only text Blake sent from 5 a.m. on were to Rion's phone, Rick said. This leaves open the possibility that the killing was random, that Blake might have been the victim of some robbery gone bad involving a stranger, but that scenario does not wash the family and friends. Melissa, Shannon, and other members are adamant that someone who knew Blake was involved. Shannon and Rion continued to text Blake after his last message. Shannon finally went back to bed and woke up her husband, Matt Cameron, to tell him that she caught Blake in Rion's room. He rolled over half asleep and had said half-jokingly, damn teenagers, and went back to bed. At around 6.30 a.m. that Sunday morning, Shannon went into Rion's room to see if Blake had contacted her. He had not. She had finally told Rion at around 9.30 to contact Austin and see if Blake was there. Austin remembers being woken up by his mom at around 9 a.m. I kind of went back to sleep, and then Rion texted at around 9.30, he said. Austin said he looked around the house and couldn't find Blake. He texted Rion back. Shannon and Rion jumped in the car and drove over to Austin's. They had found... They had drove around for about 45 minutes, but did not see any sign of Blake. Shannon also called her husband, Matt, and told him that Blake was missing. Matt had left at around 8 a.m. to pick up a friend, and the two were headed to Heard County, where they had leased some hunting land. He went down to his stance and to get things ready for the upcoming season, Shannon had said in another interview. He doesn't bow hunt, so his season couldn't have even opened yet. He had been down there with a gun, and he could have lost his lease and his hunting license. He was home with us until he left. From then on, the search expanded. A clerk at the BP station in Summergrove was shown a photo of Blake and told Rion he saw Blake earlier that morning at around 7.30 a.m. Blake had asked when the store opened and the clerk told him 8 a.m. Blake left in an unknown direction. Other sightings, according to his friends out looking for him, included him at the quick trip on Highway 34 and also sitting outside Brusters on Noonan Station Drive. Police investigators, however, don't believe those individuals mentioned were Blake. Matt Cameron got back around 11 a.m. and began walking around the woods and trails in the area looking for Blake. He met up with Austin, who had been dropped off by Shannon earlier, and the two canvassed the area. A little after 11 a.m., Austin flagged down a passing Noonan police patrol car and told him that Blake was missing. The officer called Melissa at around 11.30 and told her to file a missing persons report. The search continued with more friends joining in throughout the day. Melissa said that for some reason, she just believed that she needed to stay by the phone. But her boyfriend ran out and joined the search. Chris Ripley, Blake's half-brother, got a call from their mom, Melissa, a couple of days later. She said he was missing, said Chris, who at the time lived in Texas. He has left home before, but has always let someone know where he was, and he would always tell me what he was up to. I started making some calls, but I couldn't get anywhere, Chris added, but as Thanksgiving approached, I began to think something was wrong. He had never been out of contact for that long. At the time of Blake's disappearance, police suspected that there were some personal issues, and Blake, for whatever reason, just decided to take off. I thought that he had just decided to run away, Rion said. I don't know why. Rion said that she knew about Blake's upcoming court date in Clayton County. We talked about it. He said, but he didn't seem too worried about it. I was going to go with him. Melissa also mentioned the court date, saying she and Blake had discussed it. I thought maybe in the back of my mind, Blake had run off. Maybe he was more worried than he let it on. What? I'm confused. I think he's going to tell you. Okay, never mind. Okay, I'm dumb. <laughs> I saw your gears turning. I, I was like, what? 
Um, in the early summer of 2011, Blake was living briefly in Clayton County at the Hunter Ridge Trailer Park in Jonesboro. Right? Yes. Yeah. He was dating another girl at the time. The earlier girlfriend, who was 16 at the time, has asked not to be mentioned in this article. In May 2011, she ran away from home and went to Blake. Her mother and stepfather were out to look for her. According to a May 28, 2011, Clayton County Police supplemental record, the police responded to a disturbance call at the park. Once there, they met Blake, who had told them that he had been hit in the face, thrown to the ground, and kicked twice more in the face. Blake was about 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighed about 120 pounds. A witness of the suspect, the girl's stepfather, went up to him and asked where Blake was. According to the report, which added, the suspect lifted a shirt, showing a handgun, and said, Tell him I'm looking for him, and then left with another unknown male. Wh read that next line. Did you read that next line? Clayton officers stated in their report that the witnesses said that the stepfather then grabbed his stepdaughter and put her in the trunk of the vehicle he arrived in and drove off? What? Uh, read the next sentence, though. What? The then-girlfriend said that she was not thrown in the trunk of the vehicle, although the rest of the police report was accurate. You know she was. It's unclear what happened after that, as Blake and the girlfriend did not continue seeing each other. So, wait. You're going to tell me that these police officers are responding to a call where, Bla where Blake has been physically assaulted. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then they see this guy, come up to them, ask them where a 17-year-old child is, show a handgun and be like tell him i'm looking for him and then grab his stepdaughter and throw her in the trunk and what they're just standing there well the police officers didn't see that a witness oh. saw that and there's they were talking to the witness apparently but still um <laughs> what what poor blake <laughs> no wonder she ran away like and went to blake on July 1st, a warrant was issued by Clayton County Police against Blake for interfering with custody. According to court records, Blake was 17 and considered an adult in the eyes of the law, but his then-girlfriend was a minor. He was booked into Clayton County Jail on June 2nd, spent 16 in jails trying to raise bond, and was finally released on a 2500 signature bond on, July, on June 18th. Pre-trial and related court matters occurred with the final court date set for October 24, 2011 in Clayton County in the Superior Court. On that date, Blake's case was Noel processed in court, a legal term basically meaning the prosecution decided to drop the case, said Tasha Mosley, a solicitor general for Clayton County. The prosecution spoke to the girlfriend and she said that she had to run away. She said that Blake encouraged her to go back home because Blake was trying to help, trying to do the right thing, and the girlfriend did not want to continue. We decided to drop the case. Melissa said that she received a phone call from Blake's attorney and the stepfather told the judge she would drop the case provided he never saw Blake again. Attempts to reach the stepfather have been unsuccessful for the number listed on court documents. A man who answered says there was no one by that name at the residence. Another number was disconnected. A Facebook messaging requesting an interview sent to his wife was never answered. Blake was supposed to be on court on October 24th and did not show up. Okay, let's pause for a second. Why did he go to jail? Interfering with custody. Why though? He wasn't interfering with anything. That's a little weird. I don't. I don't. I. I think that means. Like she ran away. And I could be wrong. I think that means that he was like, it like interfering with an investigation, mm -hmm. like helping hide the girl, and that's why she was like, no, he was telling me to go home. Oh, okay, that's why. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Poor Blake. Like, fuck. Authorities swarmed Grover Summer Grove Parkway on December 19, 2011. A decomposing body was found on the site south of the roadway bridge in the creek below by people walking by. Shannon and her family had just spent an early Christmas with her relatives, and she was coming back from the grocery store. For some reason, I decided to take Parkway, and it was completely blocked off. Something in my heart knew. Later that night, the police called, asking Shannon what Blake was wearing when he left their house on October 16th. Melissa called Chris, Blake's half-brother, on December 20th. She said the police were pretty sure that they had found Blake. I flew into Noonan on the 21st, and I hadn't seen him in a year, and I was finally going to get to, but it was going to be his funeral. In a press release issued on December 22, 2011, the police reportment said, Based on jewelry found on the body and a particular tattoo, this person has been identified as Blake Tyler Chapel, 17 years old, from Siona, Georgia. His body was found floating face down, clothing, clothed only in a t-shirt and boxers. The statement continued. An examination of the body was revealed that the cause of death was a gunshot wound. I just sat down, Rion said. I couldn't cry. It didn't feel real. I couldn't even think. I didn't know what to do. Rion said that for some reason, about four or five days before Blake's body was found, she just stopped eating. She couldn't. Shannon recalls how on weekends, Rion and she would just drive around and look for Blake. It was the not knowing, the worrying that was the hardest. Rion said it was around Thanksgiving that she started getting over Blake's disappearance. I was mad. I was livid, she said. I thought that he had just left me. Over the next few days, the investigation went into overdrive. The city of Noonan offered a $25,000 reward for information, the highest ever. <sighs> Deputy Chief Riggs said that the investigators got decent leads from callers, adding that they seemed more interested in helping solve the case than the money. There was a general interest in helping out in trying to help finding who did this, Riggs said. To this date, authorities have not found any of the clothes Blake was wearing when he left Rion's house that October morning. We have combed and searched the creek for hundreds of yards in each direction, Lieutenant Washington said. We have not come up with anything. Investigators have not been able to locate Blake's backpack when he left Austin's house, where he was supposed to spend the night. Melissa said the backpack contained deodorant, cologne, a pocket knife, and the white hoodie Rion said that he wore over that night and his phone charger. He never went anywhere without his phone charger and a knife, Melissa said. I remember seeing that knife in his pocket when I dropped, when I dropped him off at Rion's and told him that he better not take that on school property. Austin said that he has been unable to find Blake's backpack. We were in the middle of moving, and it got put somewhere, and we just can't find it. I just don't know where it is. The only thing that Melissa got from that night is Blake's black dress t-shirt, which she left at Rion's initially before going over to Austin's. On December 29, 2011, friends and family gathered for a memorial service at McCoon Funeral Home on Jefferson Street in Noonan. Brent Beeman, who lived down the street from Blake, made a video memorial of Blake. There were lots of photos of Blake and Rion, of Blake on a skateboard, Blake playing Guitar Hero, on which everyone said he was a master above all else. I know his one wish would be for us to cherish every minute of our lives, to live every day as if it's our last, and he did. Brent said during the service, there wasn't a happier man. At the end, Carry On My Wayward Son, a song sung by the group Kansas, was played. It was Blake's favorite, and he loved to play on Guitar Hero. On the afternoon of January 7, 2012, Melissa and Chris attended a brief goodbye moment before Blake's body was cremated. Melissa said that there was a large box without a lid, and inside was a plastic bag that contained Blake's remains. A sheer sheet was over the box. 
Chris and I went by the side and touched the sheet and then the plastic and then his thigh with two fingers, she said, demonstrating the slow movement of her hand, and I could feel his leg muscles and they both then took a much-needed break. On January 9th, Melissa said she went back to the McCune funeral home and picked up Blake's ashes. My only wish is whoever did this, they ask for God's forgiveness and repent. That's what Blake would have wanted. And I have to try and forgive these people and move on, but it's so hard. Sometimes I just feel like my life is over. This is, um, this is sad. I think that the people that always say they would have wanted me to forgive them, so I will forgive them. I want to give you guys so much props because I, I can't. I, I, I'm an angry person in that way. Um, I could not do that. He's so young. So young. And just disappeared. I don't want to speculate, but it's kind of hard not to, especially if it's a cold case like this. Sorry. I yeah, no, it is cold case. I think that it is very odd that one of the last messages that he texted Rion was, Damn, it's so cold out here. And then he's found with virtually no clothes on. Yeah. In a creek. With a gunshot wound. Yeah, because he's found a t-shirt underwear. And it was at close range. So if it's at close range, and he hardly had any clothes on, and it was cold, and it was in the Georgia area, again, the police have not gave this information out, but if I had to guess, just based on those facts, I'm going to assume that Blake was shot in the chest or either the back of the Someone, but do you think someone made him take off his clothes? Yes. For, like, to steal. Like, that's what's confusing. That's what's getting me. It's like, why? Because if it was cold outside, why would Blake willingly take off his clothes? Mm -hmm. it would have had. Go... It would have had to have been forced. Yeah. But why do they want his clothes? Maybe he had his wallet or something in his pants, and they just decided that it would be easier to take the clothes also. Because the other clothes that Blake was wearing the night... That he disappeared haven't been found yeah so they took those clothes i'm um remember when they were like the third suspect wasn't in Coweta county yeah i think they're referring to the stepfather because he's from clayton county no comment i don't uh well i don't i don't know just speculation here i'm not saying that's for certain but it seems a little fishy i'm very sorry to the family yeah this is awful. And I hope that very soon this case will get solved. I hope. I'm what if it's like... What? I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, this That's, is awful. I'm I'm in no way related to this case, but I just, I just want to keep saying that I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Because I get that we're not that big and famous and stuff yet, but I... I just keep think like I just keep thinking of like oh what if the families end up listening to this or like what oh, if sure what if some way somehow we actually do end up helping and make a difference which is why I just started this podcast to begin with but I just want to say that I am sorry and I I don't have anything else to say and I understand that that's really repetitive but I I am sorry yeah I did not deserve that that's so awful to have such a good day perfect day and then it in like that and no like, and your life is just starting yeah you're like 17 you're in high school yeah you're in high school you go to a high school dance you're a child you, you're a child you you don't think this is going to be the last day of my life no, no you're you're thinking it was the of, beginning of the semester too october you're like in the middle of it 
homecoming. Things are just getting fun, in my opinion, at that point. I was in online high school, so I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. But he had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah. And it's, he seemed happy. And, and a was, girlfriend, he had a nice family. I hope the piece of shit that took his life is already dead. Yeah. Because if you're not, and the family doesn't kill you, I will do extreme bodily harm to you. Can we get in trouble for that? No, me saying that I'm going to do bodily harm to somebody. You're not saying it directly to anyone. Yeah, yeah, if you get butthurt over that, confess. What are you going to do? Confess. Yeah, what are you going to do? We'll know if you come at us in the comments. You... Owe the family that you pos. You owe the family that. That's these things that I like about these fucking wimps that commit crimes and they never get caught yeah. because like they're like, oh, I'm just never gonna confess. You're a piece of shit. Okay. How are you living with yourself? Yeah, you're because they're fucking maniacs. They're sociopaths. That's why they don't care. No emotion. No care in the world for anyone. Karma comes back around. That's what I was about to say. That man's got that man or woman, non-binary person. Karma is coming. Go get it. If it Go hasn't it. already, it's been ten years. You owe the family some fucking peace, dick. Jesus. I feel like the big question with cases like these is like, why? Why did you decide to well, harm this person? Is, is that as sad as it is, I thought the same thing about like my own case, right? Mm -hmm. You're never gonna get a why. I just like sometimes you will. No, very never, rarely, never but most of the time, you never get a why. Because either they're just going to tell you what they want to hear, like what they want you to hear, mm -hmm. or, or they're not going to tell you. Or they don't know themselves. Yeah, it's or like, they don't, do know. not know. Yeah. How do you not know why you did Makes that? me angry. Ten years. Ten years. A decade. He would have been 27. He would have been 27. He would have been older than me. He would have been six years older than me. He would have been 27, and you robbed... You robbed someone's family of that, and you robbed Blake of that. And I hope that you burn. I hope that you fucking die, and no one ever loves you. This isn't ever going to reach them, but I just want them to know that I think that about them. To just, especially, what I don't get is, um, like, random murders and killings. Like, you just what, got a like, hankering for that. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. you just decide to wake yeah, up one yeah, day and kill someone? That's the thing, is that they don't... They don't have Sonder, okay? They can't, in their fucking little brains, realize that this isn't a fucking video game. No. That people aren't, like, NPCs, that people aren't, like, fucking, just fucking mannequins. Yeah, as much as those, like, like people, people like have NPCs. lives. Yeah. That person at the gas station has a life. That person that you walk down the street has a life. They have dreams. They have hopes. Equally as important as yours. Exactly. Like, sometimes people are pieces of shit, okay? Like Ted Bundy, Richard Ramirez, like... They, they Ian Bradley, Myra Henley, they're all shitty, okay? But they're human. Like, uh, granted, I think they should die in a hole. Yeah. But well, they're, they're still human. human. Every person has dreams. Every person has quote-unquote emotions. Sometimes they don't, okay? But, like, the, you know what I mean. You guys get what I'm saying. They feel. People feel. Like, what is it going to take for people to realize the world does not revolve around just them? I feel like that's a big issue. People believe that, oh, well, this is my life. No, it is your life, but you're also living the same life with 7 billion other people. You're not wrong. 
like it's equally as hard for other people. What you're going through, the same person is going. Like the person next to you is probably going through something ten times worse than you are, and you don't even know it. Or they're having the time of their life, and you're just like that's that's something hard to grasp. I feel like for a lot of people that they don't realize how serious other people like this the magnitude of things other people are going through like that person's grandma could have just died and they don't they, it doesn't click in their head that, that's something i think about all the time when i see customers i'm like well i wonder what's going on in their life did their grandma just die like are they dealing with a divorce are they trying to find a missing person like mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't do that they have no respect for anyone but themselves. Our, I don't think that our brains can handle that capacity. Our brains, humans in general are very self-pervasive. Okay, I remember gaining that consciousness at eight years old. Mm -hmm. A lot of it takes like, for a lot of people, it's like drugs that does it for them, like psychedelics, ego death, like realizing, oh, I'm not know. the only person on this planet. I just, I don't know. I just or remember. like traumatic experiences. Yeah, I just remember like gaining that consciousness at eight years old and realizing that death, that death is inevitable and permanent and I was like, I don't want to die. And I I have a very extreme fear of death. I can only let myself think about death once a year because it causes me to have a complete mental breakdown. It's hard. And I get that that's, I get that that's kind of weird, because people are like, oh, Peyton, wow, you run a true crime podcast where you talk about death and disappearances all the time, but you have, like, that's extreme fear people. of death. Yeah, and I guess that's, it goes back to the self-probation thing. I guess as long as I don't think about my own death, or, or relate, or, like, if I think about, if I think about Sydney's death, I flip out. If I think about my wife's death, I flip out. If I think about my own death, I flip out. If I think about your death, I flip out. Like, it's, yeah, I don't like thinking about it because for one, I get into this mindset of, well, if I don't do everything right now for a certain age, I'm probably going to die. And that stresses me the fuck out. Like, or if I compare, like, these true, like, these stories, I'm like, that could happen to me at any moment. And that freaks me out sometimes. I have to, like, come yeah. back down to earth and but think about it. You can't, you, I'm not... I don't want to be like I'm not brushing anything off but you also can't think like that mm -hmm. because that's like how I think with my like OCD spirals is I'm like oh my god you know like you you have to take things day by day mm -hmm. and you just have to let people know that you love them and that you care about them yeah don't like, like just try and do it every day yeah because you don't know if this is going to be your last day and how guilty would you feel if you ended up fighting with somebody and the next day they disappeared or right. died and the last thing that you ever said to them was, I hate you. Or something along those lines. Right, you don't have to be sweet, like, sickly sweet to people, or a total just bitch. Like, there's a good medium where you can be a kind person. And, like, as much as I don't like my dad, it wouldn't be a nice feeling to know that the last time I talked to him was a month ago, and he died tomorrow. I... That would, my, like, I would feel, I'm not going to comment, loose. I would just feel like I didn't tie it up, like, I want him to know that I'm grateful for things he taught me, but I'm not grateful for him. 
fair. I will do that now. Well, it's just me, guys. It's just me talking to myself now. Um, I feel like also when you're, I don't know. Death is weird. Death is very hard. Watching someone or something die is a very enlightening experience and a very it makes you appreciate your life more and other people's lives more it's a very hard thing to watch but also it's i don't want to say beautiful that's kind of cliche and it's not it's not beautiful death is ugly death is scary um watching someone's final breath is hard and you can't do anything about it i think that's the hardest part you can't reverse what's already happening. Like, we can, even now, at uh, this age, we're 20, what, like, eating healthy and exercising isn't going to reverse death. It's just going to make it a lot easier for you to die. And that sucks. What are you talking, what did I walk in on? You'll see. You'll, you'll listen to it. <laughs> death is just a very ugly experience. I can't, like, I don't, this is what I said earlier. I said, I don't want to say it's beautiful. That's very cliche, because it's not beautiful. No, death is death horrifying is... and destructive and depressing. Mm-hmm. And... Like, it can, it can be positive. It can give you a positive outlook on life after it happens, but not during. It's almost never positive during. I mean, you don't look at someone dying and, like, seeing the pain and suffering... That they're going through and be like, wow, this is beautiful. No. It's no. never even if it's a fucking animal, that shit's hard. Like, it's not it's not fun also to watch someone die. Like slowly die. Like over the like last ten years. It's not fun. You know it's coming and that sucks. I think that's the hardest part, is when you know it's coming and you can't do anything about it. That makes it easier for me. I don't. Because I'm just watching I, this person die. I don't like unexpected deaths. That scares me more than anything. At least if I know that it's coming, I can mentally make space for that and mm-hmm. know that it's going to happen eventually. But when, I just feel like in that moment, I want to fix it. I want to reverse it somehow. Well, I want to help that person. That's a horrible feeling. And, like, one of my favorite quotes ever is from uh, Perks Being a Wallflower. It's in the book, and it's, I don't remember the exact quote, but it goes something like, sometimes all you can do is be there for a person. Like, you can't do anything else but be there. Um, not gonna be doing the Twitch stream. Sorry, Bo. Apologies. Hartley. Oh yeah, that was all of it. I just remembered Bo. I didn't remember the last part of it. But we do have a Twitch channel that we will do streams on occasionally. I forgot what the... It's okay. <laughs> I think it's just the Killers Podcast. Yeah, I think that, you can just is. look that up. Uh, we also have the Gmail, the Killers Podcast MP at gmail.com that you guys can send case suggestions to. Not that you guys ever do that. Stop telling us at work. Just send it in. Email us. Make it make it fun. Play yeah, pretend. You know the, e- the only emails that I get? New York Times emails. New York Times sends us suggestions. What do you do? No, they don't. They just tell me about everything else going on in the world. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that, bro. No, thanks. 
yeah, but I I think that's it. Um, the next episode, we're going to do Murder of the Incels, because it will be the 10th episode. Why are you laughing? Because this guy, I'm just thinking about him. And then we are halfway through season one. Not sick. that I feel like anybody really cares, besides me okay. and Mikhail, but, yeah. Zero might care. <laughs> arf, 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 arf. <sighs> Zero lives next to me, by the way, no. I just thought I'd throw that yourself. in. I don't care. Fuck you. Oh my god. Fuck you. I'm leaving this in, too. And I'm uh, gonna send it to you, bitch. And I hope you- That's how I'll know if you listen to it all the way. Zero. Alright, also, guys, um, I think my voice has dropped a little bit. I think so, too. We need to get- we should, I need to listen to an old- Old one. An old episode? Mm-hmm. And then compare. Oh, yeah, after you edit it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. For what? My voice? Yes. Oh. You're getting muscle. It's like different. I'm getting a dad belly. Look, it's scaring me. No. So I'm gonna get fat. Yes. No. Dad bod. No, no, I want abs. Dad bods? I wanna or work sexy. out. No, I wanna work out and look like Tom Holland. <laughs> Wait, have you seen his abs? Yes. I want my abs. That man is such abs. a he's such a kid in the face, but a man under the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holland, please sponsor me. Uh, give me your workout tips. Tom, let us know the new plot of the new movie. He's not. He's a good spoiler. He's spoiled. Have you seen those interviews where he spoils so much shit? Yeah. He's like notorious for <laughs> spilling the secrets. Tom, if you're out there. <laughs> oh my god. Send us some merch. <laughs> Actually, I like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a little bit better. Oh. It goes Toby. Well, okay, it goes Toby, Tom, Andrew. Sorry. Sorry, Andrew. Wow. What? Oh. Oh, 20 followers. Damn. Ah, oh, 38 listeners. I like that. Like, go down. Oh, you can see it individual. Oh, ladies. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. In the 45 to 59 range. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not- I'm saying hey. Uh, nobody's listening to this one yet. Supposedly. I don't know, it says data delay. We'll have this fixed as soon as possible. Just look at the other ones. Data delay, data delay. It takes a bit to load. Dang. Okay, so we have three on this. Now the Chris Watts one is the most popular so far. We were shitting on him. Ooh! Look at the map! Ooh, my god! Canada. Oh, Canada's lighting up. Canada, eh? Germany. Is it Brussels or still? Yeah. Newfoundland, Ireland, Galloway. I think I feel like it makes sense for what? other countries to see our stuff because they won't because they're seeing top stuff in their country while we're seeing top stuff in America. So of course we're gonna see all the popular shit in America, and they might see like the non-popular. That's what I'm thinking. Like they'll actually search it up maybe you know what i mean like it won't yeah. give them the top like caller daddy or like morbid it'll give them like lower tier podcast and music maybe i don't know maybe people just really curious about americans i guess i never thought that we would hit 20 to be honest i i'm surprised i'm excited what we're at week nine ten week week nine i'm pretty sure so that's two months, ten followers each month. 
Yeah, because we're set to finish season one um, mid 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 October, October thirteenth through the fourteenth. It'll be published on the fifteenth. Almost there. I think we may have like I'm gonna gauge like thirty five to forty followers by the end of this season. Maybe 50. 30 to 40? Yeah, maybe 50. Well, the goal is, if we have 30 followers or more, then we will, for season 2, start uh, Twitch streaming the big episodes. That's gonna be fun. We're, I think we're gonna do it. Because it's August, September, October, three more months. Yeah. And we've gotten 10 followers each month, like, the t- these two months. Because we're at 20. So, I think the thing with getting bigger is you have to just, like, keep going. Yeah, you have to keep at it. Yeah. You just have to be consistent. People will... Oh, did you listen to this podcast? Did you listen to the podcast? No. They have, they have like, eight episodes. Yeah, true. Also, uh, Mikhail is going to start editing the episodes because I'm getting a second job. I'm going to start working. Don't like, say where. Let's I'm not. Make up a, I'm not. Let's make up a... I'm going to start working uh, 15 to 16 hour days at an undisclosed coffee shop. Yeah, at an undisclosed coffee shop. It's not Starbs. They're not gonna know. So, yeah. So, I'm gonna try... I will. This is a priority for me. This hobby is a priority. I'm still gonna make time to write the episodes. I'm probably just gonna be very exhausted on recording days. As I'm probably just gonna go to the... Shit, I might take over. It's your new host. Shut up. No, don't do that. Don't kick me out. (laughs) Don't kick me out. No, um... No, I'll probably just have to stay up all night on Wednesdays. Don't stop Like, after I clean, I'll just go to the library. Library. Shut up. Library or library? Library. Have you been to the one over, like, by Maine? Um, The big one? With the sculptures? Yes, that's the one that I I go to. I love that one. Yeah, that's the one that I go to. And I sit in the little history section with all the big glass windows. And I just put my headphones in. I listen to One Direction. And I just... I just uh, type out the episodes and try not to get imposter syndrome because I have a master doc I keep telling myself and it gives people credit. So I'm fine. All I have to do is go look at that and I try and shout them out when I can remember it. Sorry guys, I have bad PTSD. What more do you want from me? Everything. I know, everything. (laughs) I'm excited to edit this. Well, I think that's it. I need to buy, I need to buy like 11. PM or AM? Okay, that's fine. I don't know why I was so shocked. You're probably faster at me, faster at than faster than me at editing. So, (laughs) well, because I, because that's what I clean my desk off too. So I, I clean my room. Yesterday, fucking awful experience. Well, see, because like, look, I have to have it at least before midnight so I can schedule it. Oh yeah, you're fine. To self-upload. I'll send it to you. I need to download. Out of city when I get home and start on it. Because my fucking League of Legends, because of Zero, wiped my fucking laptop. I don't even have. Oh shit. What? I don't have a documents file. Do you want the flash drive? Yes, but yeah. And then if it doesn't work, I'll just use Alex's laptop. But okay. Yeah, because I, I, I can give you. Yeah, because I don't even know how I'm gonna open it if I don't have a. Like, oh, when, shit. I, when you type in. Do, like, Look, when you Doc. type in documents, you know, or, f- hold on, files, you have a file explorer. I don't even have that. I don't even know, I don't know where it went. Fuck you, Zero. Uh. 
Wow. I'm going to make a remix. Oh my god. And that's going to be Fuck You Zero. That's going to be our um, music. Guys, please send us case suggestions in the email so I can actually feel like I'm doing something with my life. Or don't. I like picking them. Ah, I just. <laughs> As the older I get, the more I realize how fucked up shit is. Yeah. How much fucked up shit actually does happen. And I'm like, oh. For the next Twitch stream, though, I do want to read, like, Am I the Asshole Reddit stories. Well, <laughs> that is episode nine of the Killers podcast. Um, come see us next week for the tenth episode, which is the second big media case, which is halfway through season one. Um, this will hopefully be out. I think I'm going to schedule it for 6 a.m. to release tomorrow morning. If you can get it to me. Yes, I will. Oh my god, this won't take that long. You you say that. It takes me out. It takes me like two hours. To edit this? Just to clip out? Yeah. I I do what can, is probably described as editing in real time. So like... What do you mean by editing what, in real time? Okay, like, 